Hey guys, can you hear me? Uh, can you hear us? I can hear you. Awesome. So, welcome to podcast number three. Um, I'd like to introduce my special guest this evening, Bobby. Can you go ahead and tell me about yourself? Ma'am. Um, <laughs> I go by Robert, by the way. Or you can call me Bobby, I guess that's... Uh, well, I'll Robert. call you Bobby, but everyone else can call you Robert. <laughs> Uh, I live south of Dayton, and I think you asked me on here tonight because I am the leading expert on being stuck inside your own head. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's it. That is the topic of today. Or, stuck inside your own head. All right. So when you saw the mural in Dayton, what was the first thing that popped into your head and why? Mural was in Toledo, um, and it was of a kind of half head with a house popping out of it and uh, a person, you know, sitting in the fetal position inside the house and uh, totally, totally spoke to me. Been learning about myself for the last couple of weeks since we started our journey together. Yes, love um, it. One of our, one of my rackets one of my issues one of my problems is being stuck inside my own head and uh, analysis paralysis and over analyzing every situation and letting it hold me back from being 100% me and in the moment and living my best days instead of worrying about what I can screw up in the future so like your analysis paralysis were you stuck inside your head about the past or the future that was stopping you from being present in the moment? Um, no, I wouldn't say, I don't think I dwell too much in the past. Um, I think it's all about, it's all about the present. It's all about moving forward. Um, I think a lot of my overanalyzation is family given. Um, I've always been a free spirit. I've always wanted to just live day to day. Um, but when you have parents who are over analyzers and parents who are over planners and that sort of thing, it, it does kind of rub off on you after, after a while, kind of steal some of your innocence. You know, they pass on their so You know what? It's, it's funny that you actually... Them. It's funny that you mentioned that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but um, no, you're fine. Whitney and I were just at a bar in Savannah, um, and we were literally just talking about this, about how um, like family generations and all these different things about feelings, control, how you perceive other people, thoughts, ideas, biases, whatever, are passed down from generation to generation. And sometimes there's something that you just can't escape because that's all you know. So at some point you kind of grow up and it's like, you just accept that you become your parents or right. you try to rebel against it and be, create your own person. So it's, it's kind of cool that you actually just mentioned that because we literally just had a conversation about it. Oh yeah. It's definitely um, me and Whitney's journey that we've been on. It, it definitely brought a lot of that to light. Uh, where where I got lost in myself um, and I think it had a lot to do with my with my dad he's much of an overanalyzer he 
saves all of his money. He doesn't spend any of his money. He doesn't live his life. He's always down. He's always negative and that sort of stuff. It just eventually, even if I'm the most positive person in the world, that stuff's going to rub off on you in some way, shape or form. It's going to mold you and affect you in some way, shape or form down the line. And, um, I think that that's where my <laughs> overanalyzing comes from because growing up with him as a dad, he's always analyzing everything that you do and you learn to analyze the things that you do so that you don't piss him off. So it's Fair. Like, so, so you're more so concerned about what your dad thinks than where you're going. Yeah, well... Not so much anymore, but it's still, it's, it definitely still weighs on me. I am definitely my own man. I make my own decisions. And um, as much as he taught me, um, I still, I take his information and I use it in a way that benefits to me. To form your so, own opinion then. Right, right. You know, he was the dad. I moved out, went to college, had my own apartment, and he comes up and visits me and I got my eyebrow pierced and he's like, what the fuck is that in your face? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going back to my apartment. You guys have a great day. So that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, I dealt with no, no understanding, no caring about who I wanted to be. It was all who he thought I should be. It doesn't sound like any empathy or sympathy. No, none at all. Nope. So I'm going to bounce off of that story and tell a quick story real quick. Um, I am the oldest of my family and I am the first one to get tattoos and get astronomically pierced <laughs> by the time I was probably 20 years old. Astronomically. And no, like that's, that's a, I mean, at one point I had like 30 piercings at once and um, I didn't talk to my parents at the time. We were going through a rough point and um, I, I came home and my mom asked me like, you know, do you have any tattoos or piercings? And I just like, I was 21 or 22 years old and I literally just showed her all of them and she started to cry. Sorry, mom. Sorry. I'm not sorry. You love them now. It's fine. But in that moment, she was so upset with me because she, she truly believed that like my body was a temple and that like I had ruined it. And then she got over it. Fast forward oh, oh, to my. Can I? Can I? Can yeah, I go ahead. Go ahead. Can I share with you yeah. my argument for my body yeah. as a temple? Let's okay. hear it. Oh, yes. Okay. So your Ready body's your it. temple. Okay. I can get down with that. I can get down Just with that idea. Um, but when was the last time you were in a church? It's full of art, isn't it? It's, it's been a while. Full of, it's full of art. And they decorate yes. the shit out of it. Yes. Love yes. your body. So decorate true. it however you want to because yes. it's yours. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that 100%. I am. I have. By um, Andy Bourdain, and he basically talks about the same thing. Your body is uh, a temple in terms of the way people like eat food and things like that. And I have a very good friend who made this comment to me. She's like, well, my body's more of a state fair. So. <laughs> my God, mine's um, more like the dump. <laughs> <laughs> But in the same process, shout out to you, Sarah. <laughs> but I mean, in the same kind of thread process, at least, you know, it's like to each person their own. 
Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's just everybody else's perceptions of how they think this person should look, feel, view, anything like that. But whatever. Tattoos, piercings. Go for it. So what I was going to finish right. with is... <laughs> Uh, my brother got a tattoo on the inside of his arm, and it was my grandpa's signature inside of a piece of wood, which my grandpa was a carpenter, so it makes sense. And we got he got home, and he was so excited to show me, because I'm covered in tattoos. He comes home, and he's like, Whitney, look at this, but you can't show Dad. Listen, like my mom, my mom hooked him up with a tattoo artist, right? <laughs> but don't. But don't tell that. And I'm, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So I pulled my brother and my dad into the same space. <laughs> oh, I started some shit. And I said, I'm just going to go ahead and just, you're going to tell, you're going to tell dad what's going on. And dad is going to understand. He's like, dad's not going to understand. Long story short, I get the two of them together. And my dad started screaming at my brother about his tattoo on the inside of his arm. And he was like, why would you do that? Like, God built you a temple. This is your body. What are you doing? And my brother left really upset. And I pulled my dad into the same room. And I said, Dad, did these tattoos on my body change me for who I am? He said, no. I said, did it change my personality? He goes, no. I said, then why the hell are you so mad? Right. This tattoo didn't change who he was. It just added to what he wanted in his life. Right. Or how he outwardly wanted to project himself. Exactly. So it's really interesting the fact that, like, you're sitting here telling me that, you know, like, your dad has a lot to do with how you, not a lot, but he has an effect on how you act as an adult. Right. Yeah, because it's conditioning. You grow up with those biases instilled by your parents and either you accept them or you rebel against them right that's it it's kind of kind of simple at that point so as a dad robert as a dad as a dad as a dad how do you change what your on a week what your dad has done to to kind of not pass it to the next generation right (laughs) on a weekly basis almost a weekly basis i put uh fake tattoos on all my kids (laughs) that's the way to do it okay all right um so what's the latest tattoo (laughs) curious minds want to know i have pictures i'll send them okay perfect well that doesn't tell our audience so you're just gonna go go ahead and uh so are we talking like butterflies or skulls oh my god anything oh solid yeah anything we find uh dollar store anything we order off the internet (laughs) i love Oh my God! I put a neck tattoo on my daughter one time, and yes. it took it took a month and a half for it to come off. I'm not kidding you. It was like I was like, Oh my God! Whoopsie. So, so can you tell us a little bit about your daughters? Oh, my daughters are crazy. One is the Sour Patch Kid. Um, okay. Just as uh, sweet as she is, awful. Um, the other one is a. A little ball of perfection. She is sweet all around. She's funny. She is just crazy. Um, she's a baby. Um, they're both beautiful and awesome in their own ways. So that's also very interesting that you say both of those amazing things about your daughters. Because I think about what my dad would say about me as an individual now that I'm an adult. 
and it's interesting. Um, most of the time, he tells me to put my clothes on, <laughs> which he's been telling me since most I was. Most of the time, he tells me to tell you. <laughs> most of the time, he tells Natalie to tell me to put my clothes on. But it's been this ongoing thing for probably since I was 10 years old. And I'm 30 now. Sounds so for right. 20 years, he's been telling me to put my clothes on. Shout out, Papa. I'm not putting my clothes on. Um, it's, to, not, to, it's not to about... The, to the rest of the listeners. To the rest of the listeners. <laughs> shout, well, I, I yes, for you, I'll put my clothes on. But for the people that matter the most, I'm, I'm not shaming myself on what I'm doing over here. Uh, basically, what I'm getting at here is that um, I am comfortable in my own body and for, I'll just give, I'll just give you both a heads up. Uh, for as long as I can remember, my parents showered naked with the door open. Uh-huh. And so I saw <laughs> naked bodies my whole life. Right. And, right. and people were like, Oh, why are you com-? like, my roommate is like, Whitney, why are you comfortable? Like peeing with the door open? I leave the door Cause, open cause no matter not? what's going on. Like, you've seen my body parts. You're you know, like you have the same parts. You had the same parts that I did at some point. So, like, why is it such an issue for you for you to see that? Like, why is normalize it? That's all you're trying to say. Just normalize it. I guess. And being maybe from the city that I'm from, I feel like Columbus is very um, out progressive, progressive and outgoing. In general. And shout out to Columbus, Ohio. Woo-hoo. <laughs> we in, we in Savannah, but <laughs> talking about sea bus. Um, Anywho, uh, I just, I feel like I am in, I literally was just telling Natalie this at the bar tonight. I said, you know what? I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm incredibly comfortable with my body. I'm incredible with, I'm incredibly comfortable with like the people around me. And I constantly meet amazing people that, I don't know, like, I feel like you have to kind of like put that out there for it to come back into your life. So like, it's a question for you. How you how do you relate that then to our topic at hand of overthinking or getting out of your own head and mm. concerns with what now we're on the body image at this point? Sure. Should we ask Robert? Well, I'm asking anybody who wants to say anything. <laughs> do, you, do you have any do you have any input on that? As I blow through this red light. <laughs> oh, I have a do lot of input am- on that one. On on body image. No, getting out of your head um, in concerns in concerns the body. Image. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it can yeah. be about anything. About what, let's hear it. What the society has conditioned us to believe, how you personally feel about it, anything. Throw your opinions. Let's hear at it. Us. Well, my uh, my personal situation, my personal life uh, right now, things aren't good with me and my significant other. Um, and I thought for the longest time that it was just because she wasn't attracted to me because she wasn't she didn't want me there was no desire um what could i do what could i do to change i lost like 85 pounds you know thinking Congra- that congratulations yeah that's, that's awesome that's a huge feat so thank you thinking that it thinking that it may, well thinking it may change things and it didn't and and eventually i was telling whitney this today that it in my opinion being attracted to somebody, desiring somebody is very, very black and white. You either do or you don't. You either want them or you don't. And and that is the realization that I came to in my relationship is that there is just no desire for me. And that's okay. I'm not mad at her about that. I'm not upset about that. I'm okay with that. I, if you don't want me, I don't want you to force yourself. I don't want you to try what I want out of life and what I want out of a partner is just somebody who organically 
wants me, who likes me, who likes the way I look, who likes the way I am. And, and so being in a, a relationship and not feeling wanted for two and a half years definitely had me stuck inside my own head. And when I took charge of that and said, look, this isn't working. You don't want me. I don't want to lie about it anymore. I don't want to pretend like everything's okay anymore. After that, I was free. Oh my God, I was on cloud nine. You know, yes. even though I'm still in the situation, still nothing's changed. I've let go and I no longer, I don't care. I don't care if she wants me. I don't care if she desires me. And and I don't really... I want somebody to want me, but I'm not, I'm not stuck on it. I'm not inside my own head feeling down about who I am because I'm not being desired at the moment by the person who says they love me. Okay. Straight up. That's a huge thing. That's a great breakthrough. And I'm sure that when you finally got to that point of feeling on cloud nine, that it was just the best feeling ever. Yeah, I st I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Awesome. Wow. I'm like, you're turning right right now. Uh, well, no, oh, I'm not. Not, not going to happen. You, did, you, missed our, you missed our exit. It's fine. I'm so moved uh -huh. by this conversation. <laughs> I literally, like my full attention is on what you're saying right now. And I just blew past our turn. So it's fine. So <laughs> in regards to our, um, our next level training program that we did, did that have a lot to do with it or did it happen before that? No, our next level training program was a lot of validation for me. The things that my dad tried to hammer out of me uh, about loving everybody and hugging everybody and trusting everybody, all those things that they, they didn't want me to be, but all the things that, all the things that I am, the, all the things that they can't change about me is what we talked about what we learned about in next level training and and so it's validation for me and i don't care anymore i'm gonna love everybody the way i love them and i'm gonna trust everybody the way that i trust them and if they hurt me that's on them that's not on me for being an open and loving per person so interesting that you bring that up right now i'm gonna bounce off of that um because i feel like you commented on one of my maybe live posts that i said that I trust people until they don't right until they give me a reason not to right sometimes I kick myself in the ass for that but that's um, that's on them not on you but you're right I I am going I need to be I need to be my authentic self in order for people to connect with me and the people that I want to connect with me I guess I'm attracting those people if I put that out there right um, and sometimes we get screwed over Right. I'm going to bounce off of it, too, because okay. you and I, we think the same way. And it's just it's I'm going to trust you until you screw me over. But at the same time, yeah, sometimes, you know, when that inevitable end does come, it, it, you know, it, it stings or it hurts because you maybe have a little bit more disappointment in yourself as to, oh, why did I trust this person or why did I give so much of myself to this person? But at the same time, if you start out any sort of relationship, whether it be friends, family, uh, potential partner, you 
you start out almost like at a high point and it's just like there there's no wall almost at that point it's like this is this is me and you can take it or leave it and at that point it's like you're, you it's like a confidence boost to yourself because you validate yourself by putting yourself out there right my mom hates it my mom hates it she's my mom she loves me she looks out for me she wants the best for me but she tells me all the time she hates that I just dive into everything head first and I don't always look and where I'm going and I don't always know what's at the bottom and and I can't I can't be any other way I don't want to be any other you, way I want right, to be the person I want to be the person who gives his all to everything to anything that he sees that he wants I want to be that person who just dives right in I'm I am literally in awe right now. I am sitting in my seat <laughs> with my hands covering my mouth, like, oh my God, is this person real? Like huh? this person I th- that is authenticity right there. That is fine. Like, That's for sure. I am my mind is blown. I Yeah, but when you tell yourself these things over and over again, you end up believing it. And that just becomes, like, then you're that shining star that everybody else. And what's the hell's that quote go? Um, You know, shine so bright or something that everybody wants your vibes. I don't know. I just, I probably just butchered that. But, I mean, to the same point, it's like, you just be, and that just talks into your own brand, Whitney. It's be your authentic self. And if you're your authentic self, those people that should be around you will be there. Will be there. And they'll, they'll show up. Right. Well, it's interesting that um, Robert showed up in this class because him and I never had a face-to-face conversation in this program that we went through. But afterwards, I linked up with him and I'm like, you know, I, I feel your vibe and you're good people and I can feel it and let's link up. And we've had really great conversations ever since. So I find that really interesting that your mother, out of all people... Like, my mom is a complete different aspect. Like, my mom has just gotten to the point where, like, she's like, that's that's that bitch, watch her go. Like, right. And that's, legitimately. That, like, yeah. my mom's like, I don't give a fuck what you do, but, like, I support you regardless of what you do. So, oh, okay, you're going to go to Savannah, Georgia and talk to strangers and probably get in the car with strangers. Okay, go ahead, girl. Like, do your thing. All right, so to play off of that idea real quick, because my parents are probably the polar opposite. Polar opposite. Polar. <laughs> Where it's like you, you know, as and I can't speak to this, I'm not a parent, I don't know, but, I mean, like, for very close friends, it's like you, you want to protect those period those people that are are around you you've maybe had this experience and it burned you really badly or you know how hard the world can be and you just you want to protect those people and try to steer them into a different direction or advise them some way that hopefully your words are meaningful enough that they choose some sort of other decision or maybe choose a better slightly better option to whatever scenario you think that they might get into Maybe just my two cents, but it's just as experiences, you want to kind of pass on that knowledge and it's, it's a protection factor. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely. As a a parent, you worry. I mean, I don't want my kids going through any of the shit that I went through, but I also know that at the end of the day, I am who I am because of the, not even just the good things that I went through, but even the shit, terrible, awful fucking things that I've been through. I know that they made me who I am and I like who I am. So what I want to do and what I want to be is, yeah, hopefully help and guide my kids to make better decisions, but really to just be there for 
them when they need the help that they're going to need because life sucks. If we look at life just as animalistic, as we're just, as we're just another animal on this, on this earth, we're all just trying to survive. And, yes. You know, shit happens. Oh, shit happens totally. And, so and much they're gonna, shit. And they're going to need help. And that's, that's my job as a parent. I want to make sure my kids don't grow up to be assholes. And I want to make sure that I'm there for them when they need help. My God, that is profound. It is. And I, and I support that decision. Absolutely. So here's my question. Why do you think not a lot of parents are like that? I mean, you probably deal with a lot of other, like, quote unquote, parents of children that you go to that you know your kids go to school with both natalie and i don't have kids so how do you like how do you see others raising their kids oh that's a tough one um and how do we let's one more time relate this back to our topic (laughs) (laughs) of overthinking or getting out of your own head oh i i I totally think something like that Especially with parents, too. It's like, oh, you're not doing this right, or I do it differently. And I'm sure, you know, parents can probably get kind of catty where it comes to their kids. So I'm sure you've had tons of situations like that. It totally links up. I mean, my dad drilled those things into my head, my overthinking, my overanalysis. And I'm going to be honest with you, before breakthrough, I was doing the same fucking thing to my son. I don't know if it's a guy thing. I don't know if it's a dude thing. I don't know if it's a father to son thing. Um but I, I was drilling him and drilling him and drilling him. And why did you make this decision? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? And, and, and after, after breakthrough and after realizing that those are, those are my issues and not things that I want, I don't want him to grow up stuck inside his own head. I want him to make good decisions, but I don't want him to have to overanalyze every situation in his life to, to just get through his day. So it totally links up. I mean, you you see parents and you see how they treat their kids and you can see what, I, I, as a parent, you're like, well, man, they probably shouldn't be doing that. Or oh, you, they, they probably shouldn't be doing that, you know, but that's them and that's their kids and those are their rackets and those are their things that they're dealing with and and not that they're trying to but they do kind of pass on their fears and their shortcomings to their kids um and so what i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here real quick so when something like that happens say for example you're you have other people's kids over at your house playing with your kids how do you interact with those kids then or, you know, because you have a different parenting style or overthinking style than some of the other parents. Open communication. Uh, and I kind of feel... I kinda with feel who? Like the parents with, or the no, kids? No, with the kids. If they're at my house, that's that's not how we do things here. Um, and that's just, just the rule for my house. I, once they go home, that, that that's on them. But when they come sure. and hang out at our house, this is how we do things. And this is how things are going to go. And... and you know, that's, that's just the rules here. You know, you're going to have rules, different rules everywhere you go. So I don't feel bad setting rules in my house for other people who come and, and, and hang out. So. Okay, cool. I don't know. 
I just think that's a really cool dynamic because it's like you think about it, it's like okay those kids you expose them to a different perception a different idea oh definitely and, and you kind of feel like an asshole when you like yell at somebody else's kid but you're like yeah hey, yeah hey hey no <laughs> fuck no you're not doing that like you know and, <laughs> no, and whether they get that at home or not that's not any of my business if they're gonna get right that. but they might take that back to their parents then and then just kind of introduce that perception or idea it's like well here's what we did at xyz's house right and then maybe you pass along some inadvertent passive you know it's like well this is how they do it over at this house why can't we do it over at this house right over here right so i just think that's kind of a cool dynamic because kids are smart they they know things they realize it. they might not know how to formulate the entire idea but i think the general message gets right. passed along oh i do sure. I definitely deal with that. I deal with that on a, on a weekly basis. My, uh, my middle daughter, she lives with her mother in Dayton. Um, so I have two full-time kids and I'm a every other weekend dad, which is not anything I ever wanted to be, but it's just the way the cards fell. Um, and it is definitely, it's tough to watch it in your own kid because there are definitely two different household styles. There's definitely two different parenting styles going on. And the things that the things that she can get away with at her mom's house, she can't get away with at my house and, and vice versa, you know? So she'll be like, she'll come up and she'll be like, Hey dad, I'm taking this toy into the bathtub and I'll just look at her and she'll be like, Hey dad, Hey dad can I take this into the bathtub? And oh, like, let's try a different angle. Let's try that's it again. That's <laughs> what I thought, you know, like, so where she can be very assertive, you know, at her house, I'm going to do this, you know, it, it's more respect and asking and, you know, going about things in, in a respectful manner at our house. Just so I, I feel bad that she has to struggle on that but again and i think the struggle will just make her a better person in the end absolutely i think that i think that's true it's like um, it's like anything else it's like working out it's like sweating you know yeah you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to get any stronger you're not going to get any stronger unless you're unless you're putting in the effort you know if you're not going through something hard most of the time you're not going to get much out of it right so I guess my my question for moving forward is uh, what are the steps that you're taking to get out of your own head and to remind yourself that sometimes you're in your own head, but you don't necessarily need to be there and that you think like, how do you make a solidified decision without being too much in your head? Break it down even further. How about this? How do you realize that you're in your own head? And then what are the steps that you take to get out? Oh my God! The 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 way you know you're inside your head is the the, the battling conversation, the the titans in there. So throwing, are you talking about the conversation that you have with yourself? Right. Like the conversation that you have with yourself inside your head. Yeah, the overthinking. We talked about uh, that. We talked about that in discovery, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. The over analysis. Yeah. Oh my God! He said that we have like nine or something like nine thousand conversations, different conversations with ourselves every day. Yes, and that I think for some of us, I think some Maybe of us, more, more. <laughs> right. I think some of us probably are on the higher average of that, you know, um, the ones who are over analysis, the analysis paralysis people, um, that I suffer from terribly, especially talking in front of like large crowds or even 
just face to face with small crowds, like I could, I will literally have a thought in my head and then stand up in front of people and I'm, I'm just totally blank. I'm just totally not my, it's like empty cuckoo gone, nothing. Um, like so I, yeah, is, I have that, that good idea and now it's gone. Right. That <laughs> is like, literally oh, that. Yeah. I have something is, very important to share with everybody. And then you stand up and it's like, oh, just kidding. That's, right. That's the paralysis part of it. Just <laughs> that is lie. the paralysis part. Yep. So, but you're also overthinking it. You don't want to sound like an asshole. You don't want to sound like an idiot. You don't want to say the wrong thing. So uh, there's judgment coming in. Right. There is a fear of judgment coming in. Right. Okay. Right. Carry on. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm check. I'm check checklist over here. Yes. 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 I have that. I have that. I have that. Yes. Yep. Carry on. Yep. 10,000 conversations. So you're obviously counteracting everything. You're contradicting everything. Um, what else? He's. I think we lost them. Uh, no, I'm here. Oh, okay. I got you guys back. Good. We're good. All right, We're good. Great, great. Okay. No, I couldn't hear you for like 30 seconds. Oh, so. uh, we were just saying what. Um, so how do you move past it after you realize you're in your own head? What are what are some of the steps, or who do you go to, or how do you how do you get out of your own head? Uh, I think for the last couple of weeks, it's just making the split second decision, and that's that's the and sticking to it though. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it, the hard part. Right. But the more I think it's like practice, the more you do it, I think the better. And, and I don't like writing emails because I don't want to st- sound stupid in an email. So, you know, just write fucking small emails and shoot it off before you even reread it. You know? Good so, job. You know, just like coming on here tonight. You know, Whitney knows I didn't want to come on here. Yeah, this is um, totally spontaneous, I'm sure. But I got um, roped into them as well. So I understand your pain. Right. So it was just like, you know what? I'm not even, I'm just going to push it out. I'm not going to think about it. And somebody wants me to do something and I'm going to do it. Solid. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> no, seriously, I have like this shit eating grin on my she, face. She right does. Now. <laughs> I, 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 I second have, that. I have the ability to bring out like the inner shit, like just break the shell of people. And Natalie, she got in the car and I was like, well, my uh, marketing manager told me I was going to do podcasts and live videos. And she was like, fuck that. And I was like, you're going to be a part of it. You're insane. Because you're good people, and I want you to be a part of it. And now she's a part of, like, literally the startup of my kick-ass business. It's going to kick off the ground. And now, Robert, you're a part of it. And, and I'm so fucking excited to have you, like, have broken out of your shell a little bit. And now maybe you won't, to be, you won't be so afraid to do it next time. No, not at all. I'll, I'll come on whenever you want me to It's talk pretty about easy, anything. right? Yeah, just, I mean, like, we're, we're just having a we're conversation. We're here to talk about organic conversations, and I'm sure there's a shitloads of people that have the same issues, and, you right. know, they're in their own heads about this exact same thing, but it's like, hey, guess what? It's a community, and everybody deals with the same shit, and maybe if we talk about it a little bit and provide one thing of positive reinforcement as to how I deal with the shit going on in my head, then maybe they can, too. Someone can resonate. Right. Someone. Right. It's it, a little bit is is forgetting like the future is is going to happen, and it's just instead you can't of control planning, it. instead of planning for everything that 
is never even going to come to pass because you cannot predict anything from one second to the next. It's just learning to be fucking awesome in dealing. Yes. What's coming at you and just being flexible and being a chameleon and changing colors whenever you need to and just being what you can be when you can be it at that moment. Can I change your word from chameleon? No, it wasn't chameleon. It was. Um, I don't really like that one. But... It was something. No, no, no. I, I do. Camouflage. I mean, I do, but camouflage. What yeah. I was getting at is adapting to your situation rather than dealing right. with your situation. So you're saying living in the moment? Is that what right. I'm hearing? Yeah. Right. Just to do, be flexible just... and not think about the past or the future and how you can't control what happened in the past. So that it doesn't right. happen in the future. I'm just going to go ahead and use this analogy and then we can all hop off here because it's been 40 minutes and I am exhausted from flapping. So <laughs> let's just pretend. I'm not even sure what flapping means. Neither do I because we're sure shit not dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Little do you know I'm dancing inside uh, of my no, own body no, right no, now. No, 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 no. Um, no, what I'm getting at is there's always a why in the road. For our lives, there is always it's a, a continual dis- always a decision to make. So there's a left and a right that you can make at any given time. And there's a lot of people who an- overanalyze, like, what is left going to do for me? And what is right going to do for me? And is it going to be the correct decision? And I have, for some reason, always lived my life in which I see this why in front of me as being, it's a why. And I pick one and I adapt to it. And a lot of people are freaked out by that. They're like, oh God, what if you chose the wrong decision? I'm like, screw it, then I did. And my my life different. My life is not the wrong decision. And left or right is not a wrong decision. It's just a decision that I made. And now I have to adapt to which way I just went. Right. right. You can always course correct though, is is the, the fun thing about that. It's like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best decision. And then you can kind of circle back and get yourself back on the other road that you were supposed to be on maybe in the first place. So to, to end this shenanigans, <laughs> I'd like to thank both of you turds for being on my podcast tonight because <laughs> you literally just made my drive home from Savannah very entertaining, very insightful. And I'm grateful for both of you. So thank you so much. For being a part of my story and being a part of my life, I appreciate you. And Robert, I can't wait to see you when I get home. And Natalie and I are going to go inside and crash out because we are exhausted. Let's also thank all those listeners that may or may not want to hear us talk for 40 minutes all the time. Because they're they're probably not listening. Regardless, we appreciate you. And we will continue to do these ramblings. Is, Is there anything else that you have to say before we kick it off? Kick off out of here? No, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I love talking to you guys tonight. And uh, real conversation and, and real feelings mean something to me. So talking to you guys was really fucking awesome. And I'll do it anytime you want me to. Well, excellent. I can't wait to call. And uh, Great. So how's it. tomorrow look? <laughs> hey, I'll pencil you in wherever you want me to. Perfect. Solid. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks again. And um, to, to all you listeners, check us out. Um, uh, Whitney Brewer Photography, Nat Lee Ask, or Around the World in Natty Days. In Natty Days. N A T I Days with a Y. And if you want to find Robert, <laughs> then you just go ahead and find me, send me a message, and I will send you Robert's information. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Cheers. Thanks a lot. And we will talk to you soon. Peace, love, and hair grease, everybody. Adios. Bye, guys.